Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everybody doing tonight? Welcome to another edition of the Sea Report, coming to you live on this uh, Tuesday evening at uh, January 25th, 2022. And uh, welcome, welcome aboard. I hope you all are having a great one, as I have previously stated, as I always wish of my audience out there and the people around the world, having a great and wonderful day. Uh, you know, there was this old corny saying that I used to hear when I was growing up in back in high school back in the day, and uh, I, I never really, really appreciated it. I thought it was just the corniest thing that anyone could possibly say. Uh, but that saying was this. It stuck in the head. This is how effective the, uh, the uh, cheesiness of the statement was. Have a great day or not, the choice is yours. And of course... Being uh, being the announcer for the uh, morning announcements at high school, I said that every day for two years. But I guess that's why it sunk in. So, I expect you all to be having a great day. I know we're having a great day here at the Sea Report, as always. And we are ready to bring you guys some more news and headlines. And boy, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what. Um, I had... Uh, so many headlines I was coming across, I'm not able to get to, it feels like, uh, unless we made this a five-hour show, but we're not going to do that, guys, because, uh, you know, uh, it just, uh, <laughs> we just can't do that. We did it a few times, and I think, uh, I think we burned out the servers or something, but I'm just playing. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, there was just uh, so much stuff that we covered yesterday when we were talking about... Uh, the entire ordeal with Russia and NATO and Ukraine. Um, and uh, there were so many comments in uh, in the chat rooms over uh, at the foxhole.app. Now, we are live on multiple platforms. And, you know, I promise when I get a third monitor, we'll get some of the chats opened up for like, I don't know if Clout Hub uh, tends to have any of the peeps that want to engage in chat because, uh, you know, Clout Hub, we tend to have a pretty good viewership over there. So good evening, Clout Hub people, if you are with us tonight. Uh, but the Foxhole community, the family over there had a lot of great comments. So, uh, you know, going over the comments from yesterday, uh, a lot of questions are raised. And a lot of ideas were raised as well. So uh, you got you guys sent me into a few uh, rabbit holes. I was gonna say y'all sent me into a few foxholes. Y'all sent me down a few rabbit holes. Uh, so uh, we might uh, revisit a little bit of that stuff tonight. Well, let's be honest. We're gonna talk. I mean, about Biden today. Uh, it's really this uh, tonight show is really gonna re revolve around the resident clown in chief. It's going to revolve around uh, this illegitimate administration. It's going to revolve around this dumb son of a bitch who we call illegitimate Joe. Uh, Pedo Joe, Creepy Joe, Sleepy Joe. Uh, the names never cease to exist. I swear, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that is something that you should expect for tonight. Um, I would most definitely say... Um, in lieu of any brand new and uh, shiny information that you could receive out there on the interwebs, uh, that uh, this is information, again, that has been in the public sphere for quite some time. You know, some of the stuff that we'll be covering tonight 
While we'll be covering it for the first time here at the Sea Report, and for anyone who happens to be a participant in the audience of the Sea Report and the show that we bring to you guys, um, it is most definitely, most definitely going to be information that uh, has circulated for some time. But just like the election information, the election fraud information, uh, the stolen integrity of our elections, and how that information has cycled through about two or three times before it finally begins to stick, right? Uh, and uh, people finally start to uh, um, warm up to it, to uh, register it, to acknowledge it, uh, to uh, open their eyes to it. Uh, sometimes that's just the way it needs to be done. And it seems that the history of the Biden crime syndicate or the Biden crime family is information that has been out there for some time. Uh, we're talking back as far as at least when President Trump was in office, if not longer. But I think uh, with the advent of such uh, an administration as uh, an administration that loves America and wants to restore the republic and uh, bring back the Constitution for what it truly is meant to be and bring back America, that shining city on the hill, as the exemplar for liberty and freedom of humanity against the backdrop of a world as otherwise uh, shackled by tyranny, though it may be in the shadows. Uh, with the advent of that type of administration, it was pretty obvious that the corruption inside of the government was going to come out. So uh, where Joe, uh, illegitimate Joe, might have had his gaffes, he might have had his moments, he might have had those, uh, those occasions where he shows people whom he really is in his entire career as a politician. What is it? 40 years? 50 years? How many decades has Joe been in office, right? Um, uh, and, he, you know, he had those moments, like uh, when, when his racist side comes out, uh, when his perverted pedophile side comes out. Um, most definitely, uh, all of that light started to shine down on the cracks, no pun intended for Hunter, but on the cracks that were uh, in the visage of a man who claimed to be a representative of the people. So uh, look forward to that tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, welcome once again, I'm just giving you a quick rundown now. If I seem a little bit excited right now, it's not because my back almost went out before the show. Um, and it's because, uh, like I said, so much news and information. Uh, we got some stuff with Durham going on and Clinton. You know, we have some stuff in the States going on regarding election integrity. But at the start of today's episode, right here and now, I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, there is one story I was not planning to cover that we're going to look at right now before I even say hello to the audience because uh it seems that where I uh it seems that where I was kind of wagering on what states would decertify the 2020 election first I I was I was in I was in the right area because ladies and gentlemen I knew it wasn't going to be Arizona because Brnovich was holding his panties so high up, you know, his crotch couldn't breathe. 
right? And he's still holding back. And there is Arizona news. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there is news coming out of Arizona in regards to uh, what Brnovich is doing now. And it seems like he is doing something, uh, according to the reports that I've read. But that story is not going to come tonight. Uh, but Georgia and Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, I told you guys, did we, did, didn't we not make a wager? Did we not make a wager? Uh, well, you know, I, I actually never picked... I just knew it was going to be one of those two firsts somehow. I just knew it was going to be one of those two firsts somehow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner tonight, ladies and gentlemen. As breaking news, the state of Wisconsin has voted unanimously to withdraw its 10 electors from the 2020 general election between President Trump and resident clown-in-chief Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen... This is a moment. This is one of those moments. And I have no doubt that it will be the beginning of a snowball of an avalanche that they will not be able to stop. Let's take a look at the article. All right. And we're going to pull it up for you guys on the good old Gateway Pundit. You guys have no idea how hyped up I am right now. Congratulations, y'all. Let's take a look at this. Okay, here we go. Gateway Pundit, tell us what the goods are. And uh, what do we got here? Huge breaking news. Wisconsin Assembly votes to withdraw its 10 electors for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And apparently there's a video. Uh, here we have pictured Representative Timothy Rantham. Now, if you guys uh, remember one of our previous reports, Timothy Rampton was most recently attacked by Speaker of the House Republican Rhino, Robin Voss, because Timothy Rantham totally, totally exposed him for being one of the primary sources for setting up the ballot drop boxes, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but in the entire nation. Now, let's see what the article has to say. Uh, the Wisconsin Assembly on Tuesday voted to withdraw its 10 electors for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. The Wisconsin Assembly voted unanimously in a voice vote to, in a privileged resolution, withdraw its 10 electors for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. The voice vote was unanimous and passed the Assembly earlier this evening. The legislation will now move forward to the Rules Committee in the Wisconsin Assembly and to the Wisconsin Senate, Bill 743, for immediate confirmation. The, uh, the legislation was introduced by Representative Timothy Rantham. How it happened. Assembly Rule 43 resolution or joint resolution relating to the officers, members, former members, procedures, or organizations of the assembly or legislature is privileged in that it may be offered under any order of business by a member who has the floor and may be taken up immediately before all other proposals, unless referred by the presiding officer to a standing committee or to the calendar. During the open session, Representative Rantham called point of order asking to be recognized. After he was given the floor, he used Assembly Rule 43 to call to get passage for the resolution to the Rules Committee. So ladies and gentlemen, this is a vital first step that the state of Wisconsin is taking in order to get this accomplished. 
Uh, I'm quite excited by this news, ladies and gentlemen, that is coming out of Wisconsin. It is not something that I was expecting to see happen today of all days. And I would say that most definitely because of the situation that, uh, at least as far as politics and procedures go in Wisconsin, and also the uphill battle that uh, the very few representatives of this state have had in, uh, in fighting for election integrity... I was not expecting this to happen so soon in Wisconsin, uh, because after all, we have the Michael Gableman investigation, which is still going. We also have news on that front that we're not going to get to touch on tonight. We'll probably do it tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we also have uh, some of the other investigations that they are performing uh, for thinking about Representative um, um, uh, uh, Branson, Branson up there as well, who's almost been fighting a lone fight herself. And then, of course, we have the obstruction of justice and truth and the will of the people coming from none other than the Speaker of the House, the rhino known as Robin Voss, whom President Trump, in a statement, recently called out. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to that statement tonight because I'm saving it to beef up tomorrow's story, but we'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, do we need to get to it? No, we do. Uh, so this is going to go into a rules committee, apparently, and uh, I guess from there they will wait, decipher exactly how this is going to go. But uh, it was unanimous, ladies and gentlemen, which tells me that for all of the uh, all of the um, hindrance that uh, these um, uh, representatives have been facing in their investigations and in their um, their fight to uh, restore integrity of our elections. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would say that uh, there stands a good chance uh, that this could possibly move forward uh, to becoming something more official. Now, at that point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I guess we will see what direction we're heading in. Again, we are in unprecedented territory, ladies and gentlemen, and we are in an area of uh, constitutional law and history that has no precedence to speak of. Uh, so we'll figure out where that goes from there, guys. But uh, I really wanted to share that with you all. And uh, I am very heartened by this. Now, uh, we got Wisconsin on the books as far as, um, as far as, uh, this, uh, withdrawal of the electors, uh, who's going to be next? Will it be Georgia? We'll see. Uh, I have a feeling Arizona will follow third. Watch guys. Arizona will follow third. Everything will move forward as it needs to be. As soon as we get that second state, in. Now, Georgia's going to be hard is the thing, uh, because they have so much resistance. But then again, we don't hear anything from the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird media about any of the legislatures or any of the uh, representatives or senators in Georgia. So it is it is quite possible that the, the uh, representation in Georgia is uh, is on the same level as what we're um, hearing about in the House tonight of Wisconsin. Let me uh, break this down real quick, and uh, maybe we can maybe we can watch that video. Why not? Let's uh, let's see what this is all about. Let me see how long it is first, and uh, if it's not too long, we'll play it because we got some ground to cover tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And why are we seeing Bill O'Reilly? Get him off the screen. Oh, there we go. That's what we're looking Tell for. Some Bill seven forty three. Oh, it's not that long. Let's let's. Why don't we take a gander at this? Okay. Let's let's take a gander at this so we can relish a little bit longer in uh, what uh, what um, is happening in the state of Wisconsin. Bill seven forty three be passed. 
All gentlemen from the 59th on passage. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, permission to read from printed and or electronic documents from time to time? Without objection. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, I rise to embrace Assembly Rule 43, privilege, privilege resolutions. Any resolution or joint resolution relating to the officers, members, former members, procedures, or organization of the Assembly or Legislature is privileged in that it may be offered under any order of business by a member who has the floor and may be taken up immediately before all other proposals unless referred by the presiding officer to a standing committee or to a, the calendar. I have a resolution I wish to present to the chief clerk. Does the chief clerk have a resolution? I do. Is it privileged? It is. Clerk will read the title of the resolution. Assembly Joint Resolution 120, relating to Wisconsin election reform and reclaiming the electoral ballots for president and vice president that were certified under fraudulent intent and purpose. That resolution has been referred to the Assembly Committee on Rules. The question before the body is, having been read three times, shall Assembly Bill 743 be passed? Gentleman from the 59th on passage. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The plenary rights of each state legislature. All right, then. Mr. Speaker, I move to suspend rules, to withdraw. That, mo that motion, the motion to suspend the rules and withdraw resolution from committee is only, is not in order under the 10th order of business. We are on the 10th order of business. That is an improper motion. Question is, having been read three times, shall Assembly Bill 743 be passed? All in, all, in, all in favor of passage will say aye. All opposed, no. The ayes have it. The bill's passed. Gentlemen from the fifth. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I stand on the rules and immediately message AB 743. Gentlemen from the fifth, I stand consent that the rules be suspended and Assembly Bill 743 be immediately messaged to the Senate. Is there any objection? Hearing none, it's in the Senate. Clerk will, uh, gentleman from the fifth. All right, guys, we uh, we're, we just watched a bit of history in the making there, and uh, House and Senate both eyes. So, uh, well, oh, we will update you guys as soon as we have information on where this is going to go. Apparently, there was some kind of legal jargon going on. You saw how they were they were quiet. They did not know what to do. And, uh, well, uh, that is the end result of, uh, of that vote. So, wow, guys. So, yeah, we are seeing, uh, we are seeing, we have seen history in the making, guys. Wisconsin becoming the first to put that forward uh, as far as... Uh, as far as decertifying the election of 2020, I mean, I don't, 
I was not expecting to see that today. Uh, boy, that absolutely made my day. Um, Empress Beach to you. Thank you again for the cookie drop. And I uh, put the link in the chat room there for you. I don't know if it's going to come out like a link link or not. Because uh, mine looks like it uh, took a piece out of the uh, article there. Guys, this is great news. This is ecstatic. This is astounding. Like, this is tremendous, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely tremendous. Um, so uh, I'm almost speechless. But we Wisconsin hit, hit it first, guys. Wisconsin hit it first. And uh, there were, there was not a single nay in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, not a single nay in the house. And 123SKG, good evening, hun, and thank you for gifting the can. I thought, uh, you know, I thought Arizona would have been first when they started doing their forensic audit. Uh, but when, uh, you know, when it got held up a few, a few weeks after, uh, you know, Brnovich had received the report... Um, because Arizona, don't get me wrong, Arizona, they followed every, you know, punctuation mark to its most grammatically correct moment, and they dotted every I, and they crossed every T, they followed every bit of the law as written in their state in order to move forward with that, because the next step after that, Brnovich, right, and then he has to open an investigation, and the next step after that would be to go into a vote uh, in in the uh, state legislature to see what they're going to do as far as the certification goes. Like, they still have to go vote on that, right? Kind of like what Wisconsin did. But Rantham must have been pretty miffed at what Robin Boss did to him in order for him to find a loophole, I would say, within their own state law in order to get this motion forwarded. It's unprecedented. Exactly, Aurelius Locke. We are... We have been in unknown, untraveled, un, uh, you know, un, 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 excavated. I don't know. We have been in in an area that we have never walked in before, guys. We are we are currently walking blind into this. There's no such case in history that the United States of America has ever experienced where we are seeing something like this. We are in uncharted territory is the uh, is the concise phrase that I could not find just a few minutes ago. This is exciting, guys. This is absolutely exciting, and I'm 100% uh, happy to be, be able to share this with you guys. We're going to have a moment here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> because all the dominoes are starting to fall, ladies and gentlemen. All of the dominoes, right? Like I said, we got some news on Durham. We got some news on Clinton. Uh, that's coming up right now. We have uh, the election integrity. You know, maybe this is the reason why we are having war drums beating to Ukraine and Russia. You know, a very good reason why. And, uh, you know, as I was preparing tonight's show, as I was getting the show ready, and I was going over all of this information. You guys don't know how much reading y'all had me doing today. Um, it, it, it becomes more clear. It becomes more clear that uh, it is exactly what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is exactly what the deep state, globalist, elitist, filth, transhumanist garbage have always done with the people of this planet. And they have always utilized war in order to distract and in order to move their own agendas forward. So I'm, I'm almost 100% sure what we are seeing in Ukraine and in Russia has nothing to do 
with what they're talking about, but it has everything to do with the methods that they are going to use to get that war to happen. And that is continued NATO expansion eastward. And that is, of course, also the movement of military arms and power to the Russian border. But could there be more? There very well could be. Uh, and we'll chew on that for a little bit after uh, we get through a, a few uh, President Trump statements for today. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, Riley Slock says, uh, well, I suppose Wisconsin just set a president. You know what? Someone had to, you know, someone had to grow a pair and just do it, right? Someone had to do it, guys. Like, and, you know, it's like I say, in uh, the example of Arizona and their forensic audit, we could say because of the virility that the uh, elected officials or the Senate moved forward with that investigation, you know that the people of Arizona are talking in their ears. You know that the people of Arizona are bugging them, nagging them, you know, just uh, expressing their concerns. And, uh, and to that, I give a huge credit to the people of Arizona, guys, because, like, the senators and the representatives can only do so much because they can get foibled at any time. But if they know that they have the backing of their constituents, if they so dare to be as bold as to challenge the, 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 t the tyrants that make up that deep state globalist uh, group that has, you know, funneled down into this, this, uh, this, this cancer that has infected our country and has destroyed as much as it could to this point, you know that they will do it if their constituents have their support. And they've even expressed that, you know, and, and seeing this, it's one of two things. Either the people of Wisconsin are really in the ear of their representatives, and I don't doubt that they are, or the representatives of and the senators of Wisconsin are tired of all of the obvious fraud and, uh, and deception that they have seen as all of the evidence rolls out and they just voted aye because they know what is right in their hearts and minds. What do you think it is? It's probably the people. It's probably the people. They had an opportunity and they seized it. And uh, now we are where we are, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I told you. Oh, yeah, I gave you the link, right? I think I did. So, okay, guys. Wow. What a way to start today's show. I was not expecting this. I popped open my browser as per the usual as I was getting uh, tonight's show ready. And that is what I saw. And, uh, and then I was, I was, uh, uh, I was, um, speechless as, uh, peeled by the rabbit said, all right, guys. So welcome in to, uh, tonight's episode of the sea report. We've got some stuff to cover, had a great time hanging out with you guys. I hope you all did as well. And, uh, well, let's just pop in again. Uh, we are live on multiple platforms, uh, Foxhole, Pilled, Clout Hub, Twitch, and, uh, any of the rest. I, I, you know, uh, I think those are the, the main ones right there for the moment until we get on Rumble. And uh, we're looking to do that hopefully pretty soon. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to say hello for a minute. Uh, Aurelius Locke, rail and on. Thank you for the, uh, 117, uh, gold pill donations. Let's go Brandon. As they say, that is the, uh, that is the, uh, that is the chant of the season. It's quite grown on me, ladies and gentlemen, let's go Brandon. 
we also got uh, Shepherding Shepherd. What's going on? Love and hugs, brother. Uh, says Shepherding Shepherd, love and hugs to you, sir, as well, my friend. D Patriot 1776, howdy, 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 good to see you in, ma'am. Appealed by the rabbit as well, and uh, Empress Beach to you, tossing those cookies, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you got that link. Um, if not, it's at the Gateway Pundit, uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, I can uh, try and fish it out to you uh, a little later on. And I appreciate the cookies, hun. And uh, Fly Me, first time I've ever seen you in my chat room, but Fly Me had to just jump up on in and share some breaking news. Wisconsin Assembly votes to withdraw its 10 electors for Joe Biden in 2020 election. Breaking! Clearly! Clearly copy and paste of the uh, Gateway Pundit um, uh, title for the article there. Good job, Fly Me, and I appreciate you uh, um, uh, cheerleading on that with us as well tonight. And uh, thank you for stopping in. Hopefully we see you again sometime. Uh, and let's see here. One, two, three, SKG. Thank you for the can. What a day, she says. I hope you've had a good day at least, Mrs. One, two, three, SKG. And Empress Beach 2 does make a very valid point here. Uh, fraud. They did it on fraud. Fraud vitiates everything. Woo, Blinken, who? It is true, ladies and gentlemen. It is true. Uh, that's why they have to prove the fraud. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, I think they've seen enough in Wisconsin and, uh, they, they have now set the example. They have now crossed that threshold. So I expect that other states will move the same in a rather fast fashion. And, uh, well, let's face it, guys. Um, these things tend to happen pretty quick once they happen. Uh, I think they're going to be dropping bombs in uh, Russia pretty soon. So, uh, that's the only thing I used to say it. I used to say it, the only way they could stop the Arizona audit is to drop a bomb is the, I used to say it. You go, you guys go back and look at those episodes. That's what I would say. Now, I honestly, guys, I don't think that they have the ability to drop bombs anymore. I really don't think that they have that ability. I think, I think, I really don't think they have that ability. Let's not get into my own conspiratorial theories. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they can't try and uh, provoke someone else to act. So let's see what happens, guys. I would say uh, cross your fingers, say your prayers, don't hold your breath. But uh, I think we're most definitely uh, uh, approaching a precipice here. Uh, Railanon, thank you so much for that gold pill chain drop. I appreciate you so much. And one, two, three, SKG, celebrate 1776. That is a beautiful number. And uh, I thank you so much for that. Uh, that is, yeah, you know, it's like the day that I found out that Trump nationalized the Federal Reserve Central Bank. Um, because that was my main thing, guys, for the longest of times. That was, uh, that was, that was what woke me up. Or it awakened me. I don't like to use the word woke because we all know what woke is and happens to woke and everything that's involved with that word. But that is what awakened me. <laughs> to uh to what what we're facing in the world today was the machinations of the central bank and how it was uh you know dissolving the value of our currency and uh it was creating slaves out of us by the irs you know uh taking away our wages to earn a living totally unconstitutional totally unfounded totally defeated by my former favorite president of these united states of america and that was andrew jackson ladies and gentlemen uh until trump and, uh, you know, I will share this with you one last time. When uh, when uh, the Fed was nationalized, 
I understand that under Biden, that does not mean much. But when the Fed was nationalized, uh, I was like drunk for like two days. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, can we get another video commercial? No, just kidding. All right, guys, let's get into tonight's show. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Just the News, Les Crises, that's out of France, Popular Resistance, Zero Hedge, um, Reuters, The Guardian, Breitbart, and Fort Roos. And I feel like there's one more I didn't list here. The Federalist, I believe, is the one. Uh, but as we do in uh, common fashion here at the Sea Report, we will begin with some President Trump statements. And for that, ladies and gentlemen, we bring back to you that really spiffy graphic of the uh, President Trump rally in uh, Conroe, Texas, coming up this Saturday Right? Is it this Saturday, the 29th? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this Saturday. Yes, it's this Saturday. The uh, last day of the week, Saturday. Okay? Uh, when we should be getting our rest and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, President Trump will be working hard, given his speech on Saturday for a rally that is expected to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, since he started his rally tours in uh, 2021. Uh, he had a really huge crowd in Arizona, and I think they're expecting more than that in Conroe, Texas. Small little town. Now, yesterday, uh, we uh, shared a bit of information uh, about uh, the rally that's happening in Conroe, Texas. But uh, leave it up to the powers that be that they decided to give us an itinerary and a speaking schedule. And so that's what I wanted to share with you guys tonight. Uh, just a little bit more information about this Saturday's rally. And don't forget, we will be airing, we will be broadcasting, we'll, we will be sharing the live feed of the President Trump rally this Saturday here at Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channels. So you are always welcome to join us. Come on in with a good group of friends, bring your snacks and get ready to watch our president as he gives an address to the nation. No telling what he's going to talk about this time. Uh, especially with this whole Wisconsin thing going on. And uh, particularly also, I wouldn't doubt if he has something to mention about the situation going on in Russia and in Ukraine. Or with NATO. Uh, with a deep state. With a global... Okay, deep state is America, right? Okay, globalist elitists are the world. Okay, so with the, with the globalist elitist and what all they are doing. Uh, so uh, the statement from uh, the Trump team says, President Donald J. Trump, 45th president of these United States of America, will be joined by endorsed candidates, members of the Texas congressional delegation, and other special guests on Saturday, January 29th, 2022, in Conroe, Texas. This Save America rally is a continuation of President Trump's unprecedented effort to advance the MAGA agenda by energizing voters and highlighting America First candidates and causes. So very exciting. Now, admittedly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, uh, the slate of speakers that they have prepared for this Saturday will be largely unknown to the American public because, uh, you know, we had, we, we had A.G. Paxton 
hanging out and giving interviews during uh, last uh, last week or two weeks ago, the last rally in Arizona, in Florence, Arizona. So some of the world got a taste of him. They're not going to remember much about A.G. Paxton than his googly eye, right? But other than that, uh, you know, this is going to be a slate of speakers that America does not know. And President Trump is shining the light on them. Uh, And, uh, you know, either it's going to be a light that makes them grow or it's going to be a light that shrivels and dehydrates them. And uh, you might be wondering what I mean by that. Well, uh, the current rhino governor, Greg Abbott, is scheduled to speak on Saturday, uh, this day in Texas, that President Trump will be present and giving um, a rally and speech. So uh, we will have uh, Governor Greg Abbott in the House uh, delivering remarks. We will have Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, another one that stands to shrivel and shrink. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely about the redemption of the human spirit and the redemption of the human soul, same thing. Um, But the uh, paper trail, the patterns, the history that individuals like Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick have don't really uh, don't really sparkle with the America First agenda in the fact that Governor Abbott has allowed the people of Texas to be bamboozled by an entirely manufactured and facade of a Texas House legislature. Um, The way he runs things, ladies and gentlemen, they are very carefully timed to assist him in his re-election efforts. In example, The Wall, uh, which uh, he's been talking about since election season started here in the great state of Texas. And, uh, you know, I'm. Qu- it would have been really nice to have seen uh, maybe some of the other individuals who are running for governor uh, featured at this event. But uh, rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, uh, G- Governor Greg Abbott uh, can almost secure a win just on the f- basis that he will be speaking at this rally. Ladies and gentlemen, this hurts me just a little bit. Doesn't take away any of the uh, any of the uh, elation that I feel right now because of what's going on in Wisconsin. But um, we need better for this country, and we need better for the state in Texas. So we'll see how that goes. That doesn't mean that uh, that does not mean that the election is secured for Governor Abbott. But I will say, President Trump did endorse him. Uh, President Trump is shining the light on him, uh, most specifically in regards to election integrity in the Lone Star State. And uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. It seems like right now, at this moment, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick might actually have a better record. And that does not bode well for the people of Texas. Uh, Let's see who else will be speaking. We will also have Attorney General Ken Paxton speaking. We'll have Commissioner Sid Miller, who is the uh, Agricultural Commissioner of Texas, and he is running for a re-election. He's the incumbent. Uh, And uh, Sid Miller is a good guy. You know, uh, now, admittedly, some people in his in his staff has had problems with the law, but I don't feel that that is a reflection on the man himself, even though some pundits would argue that that is a reflection on his judgment. 
But, uh, you know, I don't stand in that regard myself personally. We'll also have State Senator Don Buckingham speaking, as well as Judge Mark Keoff, uh, Mayor Connie Kasser, that is the mayor of Gonzales, Texas, and Chairman Matt Rinaldi, the chairman of the Republican Party here in the state of Texas. So uh, looking forward to a good rally on Saturday. And uh, it will be a rally for Texans, that is for sure. Um, and uh, the rest of the world, well, you guys are going to get to know a little bit about the faces of Texas that care the most about the country that is these United States of America. Next up on the screen, we have for you uh, one representative, Carlos A. Jimenez. Uh, Carlos A. Jimenez has secured an endorsement from President Trump, and uh, we're going to share that with you guys now. Uh, President Trump says in regards to Congressman Carlos A. Jimenez, Congressman Carlos A. Jimenez is a bold advocate for freedom, from firefighter to mayor and now a congressman for Florida 26, District 26, he is a proven leader who will fight for South Florida and who always puts America first. Carlos is strong on national security, our border, and is committed to a strong economy. Carlos Jimenez, a lifelong Republican, has a strong record in fighting communists. That's always a good sign, ladies and gentlemen. We got some communists to get rid of in this country and other socialists. And I like that he puts other socialists because he is equating socialism with communism. And we all know that socialism leads to communism. You give them a millimeter and they will take a mile, ladies and gentlemen. And then they will tell you that you owe them that mile and the money to go along with it. He has my, and then they'll shoot you. He has my complete and total endorsement. So good job there, Carlos A. Jimenez. And uh, good job representing the people of Florida. Next up to bat, we have another endorsement. Uh, this endorsement from President Trump comes for the name and the personage and the being known as Ted Budd. Not Ted Bundy, Ted Budd. Now, uh, Ted Budd, says President Trump, who I endorsed many months ago for the U.S. Senate, is now leading the pack in North Carolina. He is the true America first fighter who stands strong for the Second Amendment, fights for our great military and law enforcement, and has tremendous courage fighting against the woke mob who wants to destroy America. I am proud of him, and he is going to win big. Ted Budd is the only U.S. Senate candidate in North Carolina who has my complete and total endorsement. What is going on in the state of North Carolina uh, that Ted Budd in the Senate has to fight all by himself? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess we'll find out, but uh, he's got the endorsement of President Trump, and uh, it is my hope that the constituents of North Carolina are in agreement, in agreement with that, and if they don't know, and if they aren't, that they will find out as soon as possible. So, ladies and gentlemen, that, as they say, is that in regards to uh, President Trump's statements for today. Uh, we will be back with more President Trump statements tomorrow. 
But in the meantime, the show must go on. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Tony Dennison. Good evening. Welcome into the show, Tony. How are you doing tonight? Glad to see you joining us this evening. And uh, all right. Socialism, communism, Marxism is all collectivism, just with different shirts. I 100% agree with that, Mr. Dennison. And I would also add to that, all created by the globalist elitist filth that are trying to divide and conquer this world. All right, guys, let's get this man off the screen. And uh, <laughs> here we go, guys. Here we go with tonight's episode. So like I said, we are going to have a focus on the Biden crime family tonight. And uh, everything that I'm going to share with you tonight is nothing new. But guess what? As the news is, uh, is uh, created, cycled, and forgotten... Well, ladies and gentlemen, it cycles through again, and it needs to, because the first time around, maybe someone who needed to hear it, maybe someone who'd never heard it, maybe someone that could do something about it didn't hear it. And that is, uh, that is quite believable to believe when uh, we think about uh, the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird media, and the way that they handle their business. It stands to reason that that is a high possibility in regards to the real important news that tends to leak out and uh, uh, tries to latch on to those who need to hear it. Now, at the beginning, uh, at, at the conclusion of yesterday's show, I was going through uh, some of the comments that were coming from the audience that was visiting with us uh, during uh, the show in the foxhole and pill.net. Now, a lot of really good questions and a lot of really good comments uh, were going through that. So I thought I would address some of those tonight and build the show around that. Because after all, we're talking about the Biden crime family tonight. So if any of you guys were worried about seeing, uh, you know, any swamp creatures on the screen tonight, well, honey... You're going to see some swamp creatures tonight, uh, and not just of the American uh, American type. Uh, let's see here. Uh, in, so yesterday we were talking all about the war drums beating in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, more appropriately, NATO and Russia, the United States, NATO and Russia, as opposed to just Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine, it seems... Uh, is probably going to be left out of the conversation like they always are in Europe, right? They're like, uh, Russia's going to go to war with Ukraine, but this is all NATO talking. <laughs> and NATO's like uh, totally forgot to include Ukraine in the conversation. But, uh, you know, uh, for, for all of the information that we shared with you guys yesterday, uh, and I believe a lot of it was value added, questions arose. Questions most definitely arose. Theories and uh, and um, ideas arose about what could possibly be behind this. I know you guys heard me asking that question last night. Like, what is driving this? Uh, we know the fog of war is always a mechanism that the globalist elite will utilize and that they will employ in order to move their own agendas forward or just to further divide and distract and confuse the people of their respective nations. So that's a given, okay? A cover-up of their own sins by way of uh, manufacturing a war. Done, done, and done throughout history. That's their modus operandi. That's their pattern. That is most definitely a paper trail that we can follow, particularly if you've been paying attention to any type of history uh, that, is, uh, that has occurred within the last century. Okay, And even further back, if you want to learn real American history, that is the case. So uh, let's see here. What do we have going on here? 
Uh, Two Rivers was in the house last night and he had commented, uh, the other thing, what if they get their war? Is it because they want to go in and destroy evidence to the Biden and co-conspirators. Now, that was in reference to uh, Russia invading, rolling over, and trashing Ukraine in order to, uh, I guess, in the view of the world, uh, take back Ukraine uh, to whence it uh, really belongs, right? Okay, Uh, so that was an idea. Uh, We had another comment, CJM61, who had joined us last night, said, uh, Putin would be wise to back down troops and let NATO have a false victory. Uh, now that was it. That was because I was musing over what what could possibly happen or be or exist that would stop this altogether. Okay, um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Poonslayer, who joined us for a time, said, "Not going to happen. Russia knows the game." Okay, so you know, I I kind of uh, I kind of rested on that thought. And wonder if that were a possibility because we're looking at Russia who is uh, feeling threatened for the security and safety of their people, for the sovereignty of their nation by this huge war machine that is NATO, which is allied countries. You guys know what it is. And of course, they're also running off of the history that they have experienced when we're talking about World War II and the likes and beyond. So, uh, you know, my question is, what, what is going to be the do ek machina that is going to come in here and stop war from happening, okay? Because that is the last thing that we need. It is not something that I want, and I know none of the audience out there wants that. Also, we also saw polls of American people that do not want troops on the ground. Absolutely not. But, uh, but what could possibly save us from this... Uh, what the mainstream media calls the inevitable outcome. And they say, use words like inevitable because they want to condition you and ingrain in your mind that no matter how hard you pray, Russia is going to invade Ukraine, right? So um, what could possibly stop this? You know, if we had President Trump in office, optically speaking, we would, uh, we would rest assured that there would be some outcome that would maneuver away, okay? Now, um, you know, Poonslayer saying not going to happen, Russia knows the game, made me, made me think, because I'm of the mind to think Russia is not going to allow his people to be threatened. Russia is not going to back down because he can't look weak. And then what happens if Russia does back down and then NATO attacks, you know? Uh, And then that will be a mar on his supposed or hyperbole resume, you know, in regards to how he took care of his people and how he handled the situation. Not to mention that that would look like he is, uh, that he is um, running out on or he is uh, leaving behind those people in the Donbass region who, uh, who actually are fighting for uh, their, uh, their allegiance to return to Russia. Now, why do I say that? Well, let's not forget about some of the history of the Ukraine as we've covered here um, uh, at minimal on the Sea Report. Uh, you have Ukraine as a country um, not happy with Russia backing up the separatists in the eastern part of the country, in the Donbass region, okay? And then you also have the situation with Crimea, which was annexed 
in 2014. Now, in a previous video, we watched about the history of Ukraine and Russia and how Russia lost Ukraine. Uh, we saw that uh, in 2014, Russia went in, they annexed Ukraine, and uh, it became part of their nation again. And then uh, they are backing up the separatists in eastern Ukraine. Now, the reason why I'm using the bunny ears parentheses for those of you on the podcast who can't see what I'm doing is because um, one piece of that pie that, uh, or that puzzle, I should say, that the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird media on a worldwide scale, not just here in the United States of America, fail to share with you or perhaps omit intentionally is that there was a referendum in Crimea. A referendum boils down to a vote, okay? And uh, the video we watched covered that. So the people of Crimea voted almost unanimously to leave the Ukraine and to become part of Russia again, where it was prior to it being broken up and almost sold off to the European Union, which is what Ukraine wants to do. They want to be part of the European Union, Ukraine does, but uh, they're so corrupt they haven't been allowed in, and their corruption has also kind of staved off NATO from accepting them into their realms. So Crimea, if you were to think about it, the people of Crimea voted. The people of Crimea wanted to be part of what they have always been. They've always been Russia. They've always been Russian. That is the people of Crimea, okay? So the mainstream, mainstream fake news legacy media tells us that Russia went in there and annexed them and there was a bloody war and they killed people and they stole Ukraine back and they claimed it as their own because they're tyrants and bad guys and aggressors. But that is not the truth of the matter in the area that is the Crimea. Now, as far as the Donbass area goes, where uh, Russia is backing up the separatists that want to... Uh, to you know, segregate, uh, secede from Ukraine and become part of Russia again. Um, well, that that bit right there, I I would have to wonder if we don't have something going on there like we had in Ukraine. I mean, in Crimea, and uh, we have President Zelensky uh, crying over this breakup of his country. What is behind that? I still don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we know that President Zelensky was voted in uh, you almost, uh, not unanimously, but by a majority in the people of Ukraine against Poroshenko, who was a corrupt president who is also in the pockets of the globalist and the elite and is also good friends with the Biden family as well. So, well, you know, um, they chose Zelensky over Poroshenko. Poroshenko, uh, Zelensky worked pretty well with President Trump. And, and so one has to wonder uh, how much of this narrative is coming out of President Zelensky himself. You know, that's, a, that's some good food for thought there, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to sit and think about it and, and really stop and think. You know, Poonslayer says it's not going to happen because Russia knows the game. And, you know, Russia and the United States have a common enemy, at least under President Trump, at least when we don't have um, an installed uh, regime, an installed junta uh, uh, involved. You know, uh, for the last, what, century probably? Yeah, century. Yep, just century or more. Uh, almost every president that has been uh, put into office in this country was not representative of the people. 
They were representative of the globalist elite, ladies and gentlemen. That is a massive deception that many of the people in my audience will understand. And I say that to those who are viewing this broadcast for the first time. But many, if not all, of the presidents up until Trump, and we'll put Kennedy in the same basket as well. And maybe we could even put, I don't know, who, who Garfield as well. Maybe we even put Van Buren as well in the basket of presidents who tried to do something for this country that was anti-establishment in regards to the globalist elite. We could maybe throw Reagan into the mix, the mix as well uh, in, in the list of those presidents who were going to do something against the globalist elite. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, at its face... They have always been the ones pulling the puppet strings here in these United States of America. Okay? Now, Russia and the American people, not the globalist politicians, have a common enemy. And that is the master of those politicians, the globalist elite transhumanist filth that are trying to take over this planet and do as they will with it, all right? So with that in mind, and uh, with the, the whole 5D chess type of situation, and with uh, President Putin also being aware of what's going on, he could stand down. That would throw a wrench in their, uh, in their war machine, so to speak. Uh, but the question is if he will or not. He could do it. I mean, he could do it. And can you, can you imagine how confounded the world would be if he did? Okay. So then the next thing that we have to consider is, uh, could this possibly be a power play uh, by President Zelensky and by President Putin against Biden? Because let's face it, guys, there is a history of corruption in Ukraine that the Biden crime family can be tied to. We're talking about Burisma. We're talking about Zolok, Zoloknikovsky, who was the president of Burisma, who was also uh, one of the uh, prime ministers of Ukraine for, uh, for energy. Okay? And he served under the president prior to Poroshenko. Um, who I forget his name. It was Hugo something. Uh, but I, I got it in the report, so I'll share it with you guys in a minute. Uh, so uh, Zelensky knows the dirt on Joe Biden, okay? President Putin knows the dirt on Joe Biden, okay? So, and I just thought about something right now, ladies and gentlemen. It could be Zelensky telling Biden, you better back me up in you, uh, against Russia or I'm going to tell people what's going on. It could be Putin saying, you better let me have uh, you know, Nord Stream 2 and you better let me do what I want with Ukraine because if not, I'm going to tell people what's going on. But I just thought right now, could it be both of them working together to expose the globalist and their control of the United States offices and the mainstream media? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I think I just blew my own mind. <laughs> Wowzers. Wouldn't that be something? Putin against the globalists. Zelensky, brand new and uh, worked well with Trump. You know, could they both be working together? Could they both be working together to expose how the media spins all of these lies and expose how the deep state department is working with the globalists in order to push these lies? And then they're going to be like, oh, Putin and Zelensky are going to get together and they're going to be like, we were always at peace. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. 
Biden. Ha! Ladies and gentlemen, I pray that that is the outcome. I am so happy that that has just come to me as a possible pathway forward. And now that it exists, let us focus on that timeline. Let us hope that they are working together, Zelensky and Putin, and they're going to bring down NATO and expose their lies and expose the lies of the mainstream media because they were the ones pushing the war drum. And so was Blinken. And Blinken, as we know, is all uh, part of the Soros syndicate. And he is part of that entire deep state structure. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into tonight's story. Now, let me just say we had another comment come in yesterday. That was from, so, and, and trust me, we're going, to, we're going to go over all of this stuff as we move forward throughout the night. Everything that we just spoke of besides my current epiphany, we're going to go through. You heard that one here first, ladies and gentlemen. I got to say, I have to say, I normally don't care about, uh, about uh, you know, uh, sharing news and ideas. But if you hear anyone else talking about Zelensky and Putin ganging up on the deep state in America, you heard it here first at the Sea Report. So you better make sure that you let people know that if you hear it anywhere else. Now, as I'm saying, uh, we're going to cover the rest of these points as the story or as the tonight's episode advances. But another question that was raised in, uh, in, uh, in the chat rooms yesterday uh, came from Sonia JHC, who was having this uh, moment... She was like, but wasn't Biden wanted in Ukraine? Uh, didn't they have an indictment against Hunter Biden? Like, and then she says, I'm almost positive Joe and Hunter were indicted in Ukraine. And I was thinking, you know what, Sonia? I remember that too. And I don't think I'm having a, a Mandela effect moment where I don't know whether or not my fist was here on the chin or here on the side or just patting the top of my head. I think you guys might know what I'm talking about. It was on the chin, guys. Okay. All right. That's the timeline I'm from. I don't know what timeline we're in, but I hope we're going in the timeline where Putin and Zelensky are teaming up against NATO and the deep state to expose them and the mainstream media. Anyways, so I recall, as I recall, yes. Hunter was indicted in the Ukraine and Joe Biden was put on a, a, an, on a wanted list or, you know, like where they will arrest him if he were to go into Ukraine. Because I remember being like, oh, if Joe Biden goes and steps foot in Ukraine, they're going to arrest his butt. You know, they're, gonna, they're not going to wipe it. They're going to arrest it. So um, here's I went and I dug for the answers, ladies and gentlemen. And oh, boy. Was this was this a fun one? Talk about trying to uh, unfurl a string of pearls, or you know, get some uh, thread like untangled. Now, as it appears, based on what I was reading today, and we do have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Um, there were there were cases and investigations brought before some court in Ukraine. Uh, about Biden and Hunter was mentioned in some, you know, uh, cases and investigations. But uh, let's see what it boiled down to. Now, Biden named as a wanted man in a criminal complaint and a call for an investigation. So this was one of the headlines, and this is one that OAN ran with. They ran a story that said Biden is wanted in the Ukraine for ties to uh, corruption in that country. Now, of course, we being uh, the diligent and the, uh, and the, well, we just being the truth seekers that we are, you know, we rely and depend on these news agencies to deliver that 
uh, news accurately. And I'm not saying that they didn't, but uh, here's what happened. Okay, let me see here. Uh, uh, The uh, illustration I have on the screen for you guys and for those of you who are in our um, podcast audience says Ukraine prosecutor files lawsuit against Biden. Now, uh, the man with the... uh, (laughs) The man with the sleepy eyes and the double chin, that is uh, that is the prosecutor um, Shokin, okay? Now, if any of you guys were following the reports from Rudy Giuliani and uh, listening to what he had to say in regards to Shokin, we all know that Shokin, when he got into a position as a lead prosecutor in Ukraine, he was going after... Um, um, Zlakovsky, who was the president of Burisma Holdings. He was going after Burisma. He was going to open up that investigation. And, you know, Shokin has a really good reputation for being um, a crime fighter and having integrity and not falling into corruption. Well, enter Pedo Joe, who tells Shokin and uh, not Shokin, who tells uh, Poroshenko uh, and uh, and uh, the other um, uh, other leads there in Ukraine. Uh, well, actually, I take it back. It was not even Poroshenko. It was Zelensky. And he tells him uh, that basically uh, he's going to withhold a million dollars in funding and aid to Ukraine unless they fire Shokin. Okay. We all remember that as the infamous quid pro Joe that they projected onto President Trump. Now, that's the face of the man that Biden did not want prosecuting his son, Hunter Biden, who was on the board of Burisma Holdings, an energy company that uh, Hunter Biden, while not knowing anything about energy, supposedly was there at the capacity of a lawyer, okay? Uh, and, And all of these other Orwellian titles and duties that went along with that, okay? So, uh, here we go, guys. Now, we got Shokin, we got Biden. Now, we have Shokin, who's been fired, okay? Shokin is fired, so Ukraine can get their million dollars or whatever it was in aid and assistance from the United States because uh, he was threatened by Vice President uh, Joe Biden at the time uh, in order to have that accomplished. So what Shokin does then is Shokin, um, he uh, files a complaint. Um, He files a, what would be, what would be, Synonymous with uh, a a lawsuit slash criminal uh, complaint, okay? This would be a call for an investigation. Now, there are several factors that go with this call for investigation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And that would also include that uh, it would have to be seen by a judge. And then also there were things that uh, when it was pulled forward were missing from the investigation, such as the name of the uh, of the defendant or the name of the person that they were filing the complaint against. So they filed this complaint officially as Shokin having um, a disagreement with an anonymous individual in the United States of America. Okay, so that was all part of the uh, of the scandal that was going on with this, or I should say the uh, deterrent that was going on with this. Now, uh, we also had, in addition to O-A-N-N, and uh, yeah, it was going to take a minute to pull up. This is Just the News. Uh, Just the News also ran an article on this very uh, thought or occurrence. And uh, let's go ahead and pull that up for you guys so we can share it with you. So an article from Just the News uh, reads, Ukraine judge orders Joe Biden be listed as alleged perpetrator 
of crime and prosecutors firing, okay? So this is spreading throughout the independent and the patriot medias. And, uh, you know, I absolutely trust Just the News on the work that they do. Uh, You know, sometimes some of the other uh, news agencies get a little bit sensational, which, you know, that's fine. Uh, Every now and then they get a little bit clickbaity. But just the news has always been very much on it. So, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that OAN or just the news reported it wrong. They didn't. We'll get to that in just a second. But let's see what just the news said. Just the news said latest twist in Ukraine impeachment drama could stretch into Biden's fall campaign as fired prosecutor seeks legal remedy in courts. The infamous story of Joe Biden's effort to force the firing of Ukraine's chief prosecutor in 2016 has suddenly taken a new legal twist in Kiev, just as the former vice president is sewing up the 2020 Democrat presidential nomination in America. In Kiev, late last month, District Court Judge S.V. Vovk ordered the country's law enforcement services to formally list the fired prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, as the victim of an alleged crime by the former U.S. vice president, according to an unof- according to an official English translation of the ruling obtained by Just the News, the court had previously ordered the prosecutor general's office and the State Bureau of Investigations in February to investigate Shokin's claim that he was fired in spring 2016 under pressure from Biden because he was investing Burisma Holdings, investigating Burisma Holdings, the natural gas company where Biden's son Hunter worked. The court ruled then that there was adequate evidence to investigate Shokin's claim that Biden's pressure on then-President Petro Poroshenko including a threat to withhold $1 billion in U.S. loan guarantees, uh, it was Poroshenko, I misspoke, amounted to unlawful interference in Shokin's work as Ukraine's chief prosecutor. But when law enforcement agencies opened the probe, they refused to name Biden as the alleged perpetrator of the crime, instead listing the potential defendant as an unnamed American. Volk ruled that anonymous listing was improper and ordered the law enforcement agencies to formally name Biden as the accused perpetrator. The ruling orders a competent person of the Office of the Prosecutor General of Ukraine who conducts procedural management in criminal proceeding number 62020000000000236, dated February 24th, 2020, to enter information into the Unified Register of Pretrial Investigations, a summary of facts that may indicate the commission of a criminal offense under paragraph 2 of Article 343 of the Criminal Procedures Code of Ukraine on criminal proceedings number 62020000000000236, dated February 24, 2020, namely, information on interference in the activities of the former Prosecutor General of Ukraine, Shokin, Victor uh, Mykolyovich, performed by citizen of the United States of America, Joseph Biden, former U.S. vice president. The judge added the order of the court may not be appealed. Okay, now uh, they don't show the link here that we need. So let me uh, let me pull this up for you guys real quick so you can see what we're talking about here. Now, uh, this uh, comes from Le Crises. Uh, out of France. And this article, Prosecutor Shokin uh, files a complaint against Joe Biden for interfering in Ukraine's legal action. Now, this article actually um, 
has the uh, has the uh, has the um, the complaint here. Uh, so it says today we offer this exclusive document, the complaint of the former prosecutor of Ukraine, Viktor Shokin, against Joe Biden for interference in the judicial action of Ukraine, which also cites our investigation, Ukraine Great, uh, Ukraine Gate, to the acting director of the National Bureau of Investigation of Complaint. Uh, so here you guys can see is uh, the complaint. Today we offer you this exclusive document to the complaint of the former prosecutor, as I just read. There you see Shokin, you see uh, Joe Biden named as the uh, the person that is the plaintiff. And uh, it says here, uh, to the acting director of the National Bureau of Investigation, complaint against Joe Biden, the commission of criminal offense, according to Article 214 of the Code of Criminal Procedure of Ukraine. I have read Article 63 of the Constitution of Ukraine and the responsibility provided for in Article 383 of the Criminal Code of Ukraine for slanderous denunciation of an offense, and I have understood its content. Uh, Victor Shokin signs, during the period of 2014 to 2016, the Prosecutor General's Office of Ukraine conducted a preliminary investigation into a series of serious crimes committed by the former Minister of Ecology of Ukraine, Mykola Zovletsky, uh, and by the directors of the company Burisma Holdings Limited, whose board of directors included among its members, among others, Hunter Biden, son of Joseph Biden, at the time, Vice President of the United States of America. Uh, the investigation of the above-mentioned crimes was conducted in strict accordance with criminal law and was under my personal control as Prosecutor General of Ukraine, because of my firm stance on the aforementioned cases with regard to their prompt and impartial investigation with the aim of arresting and indicting the culprits, Joseph Biden has adopted a firmly hostile attitude towards me on several occasions, both in private conversations with senior Ukrainian officials and in his public speeches. He has expressed his categorical demand regarding my immediate dismissal from the post of Prosecutor General of Ukraine in exchange for a sum of $1 billion. I was saying $1 million earlier, holy moly. Uh, as a financial guarantee from the United States for the benefit of Ukraine. The facts I have described above are confirmed, among other things, by the official interview with Joseph Biden published in the media, where the latter states that Ukraine will not receive money if I remain in my position as attorney general. That is the quid pro Joe that Joe Biden farted out during uh, his meeting with the uh, uh, Council on Foreign Relations in front of an audience and video recorded as covered here on the Sea Report and most independent and patriot media outlets at large. It continues, throughout the last months of 2015 and the first months of 2016, Joseph Biden, taking advantage of the position that was his, came several times on an official visit to Ukraine with the aim of negotiating with the country's leaders, both my ouster and consequently the closure of the impartial investigation into the offenses committed by persons linked to the company Burisma Holdings Limited, including the son of the aforementioned U.S. official. Due to the constant pressure of U.S. Vice President Joseph Biden with the goal of evicting me as general, Attorney General through blackmail regarding the allocation of financial aid, I, as a man who places the interests of the state above my personal interests, agreed to give up the position of Attorney General of Ukraine. After my resignation caused by this illegal pressure, no active investigation was carried out into the infringements of the company Burisma Holdings Limited, and therefore... 
the persons involved in these offenses were not identified, arrested, or indicted. And we'll stop there. What There's more highlighted part. Uh, what is more, the facts presented above, the pressure exerted by Joseph Biden against me as Attorney General of Ukraine, as well as the circumstances described above, are confirmed by an independent journalistic investigation entitled Ukraine Gate, carried out and published by the French online media Le Crisis, and available online. Okay, so uh, abuse of power, and um, this is what he's asking for. Uh, but we all know that, guys, so we'll move on. And then here is a copy of the actual Ukrainian, uh, or whatever that is, uh, documents that he filed. So we can move on from that, right? So there's a little bit of that. Now, uh, let's get on to, uh, let's get on to where, uh, the judge picks this up after Shokin has filed this complaint, because again, here we're looking at, um, we're looking at Biden's name not being included, but, uh, but how does this case move forward? Well, this is how the, the, uh, just the news, uh, summed it up for us, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, did that take me back to the beginning? Lord almighty. Too many zeros in that one sentence. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Right here. Shokin's attorney, Alexander Ivanovich Teleshketsky, confirmed the ruling to Justin News, but said Ukraine officials have not yet complied. So this ruling was confirmed to Justin News. No one had complied. So Viktor Shokin publicly appealed to the president of Ukraine with a request to properly respond to illegal inaction in the investigation of criminal cases that are open against Joseph Biden said his lawyer, let me remind you that they were discovered precisely as a result of the statement of Victor Shokin. The Biden-Shokin saga has dominated headlines for more than a year and played a central role in the Democrat-led impeachment proceedings that ended up earlier this year with President Trump's acquittal in the Senate. Biden has admitted on videotape he forced then-Ukraine President Poroshenko to fire Shokin in March 2016 by threatening to withhold a billion dollars. Um, Shokin, however, has alleged in a court affidavit he was told he was fired because he refused to stand down his investigation of alleged corruption by Burisma. And the reason why he says that is because Biden said, as well as the mainstream, mainstream fake news media and other Western leaders, that Shokin was ineffective as a corruption fighter, which is far from the truth in regards to Shokin's uh, history and his uh, resume of action. Um, now, uh, let's see here. Um, I think we can, uh, conclude this article with that, uh, as far as where that left off. That brings us forward to, uh, the actual court document that, um, came from the judge and what she talked about. Now, uh, one thing that I've been uh, privy to in reading all of this information is that under Ukrainian law, Anyone can go to court to request an investigation if the state investigative bureau refuses or declines to open its own investigation. What Shokin has filed here that the judge has acknowledged is just that. It is his request to open an investigation because the state investigative bureau refused to do so. Now, once the judge, uh, you know, acknowledges this and submits it through, it goes back into the hands of the state. And from there, ladies and gentlemen, 
they have to uh, open that investigation. So the judge can't be like, I'm going to put these guys on the case. It goes back to the it goes back to the law enforcers, the investigators in the country. Uh, that is why it said in just a news article that while they confirmed this acknowledgement by the judge, nothing had been done. So I'm pretty sure you guys can guess where this is going. All of this was acknowledged, uh, including Biden in this summation. But uh, the investigation basically never moved forward. Period. So I won't, since I just explained that, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on what the judge said here. Basically, what this was talking about is acknowledging that President Biden, uh, President Select Biden, Vice President Biden is to be named in uh, in this uh, in this um, complaint. Uh, let's see here. I didn't, I didn't highlight it for myself, but uh, uh, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. we'll go down. Oh, I did highlight it. Okay. So it says, however, in accordance with the statements of Telechetsky, Alexander, Inanovich, dated January 2020. Oh yeah, I, I did expand that for you guys. Uh, on the commission of criminal offenses, um, information was not entered to the Unified Register of Pretrial Investigation in full. So the requirements are defined in the paragraph one of Article 214 of the Criminal Procedure Code of Ukraine were not executed, which contradicts the provisions of the national legislation. In such circumstances, the bill of complaint should be satisfied and the competent official of the Office of the Prosecutorial General of Ukraine shall be required to enter information into the Unified Register of Pretrial Investigation in accordance with the statement of the Commission of a Criminal Offense. Uh, and so that's where they say, uh, to satisfy the bill of complaint. You see, it was a bill of complaint um, for this complaint being executed in the interest of Shokin um, about the inaction of the Office of the Prosecutor General of Ukraine, which consists in a not entering of information, the name of of Biden, that's that's what they're not entering that information, about criminal offense in the Unified Register of Pretrial Negotiation uh, Investigations after receiving a statement on the commission to oblige a competent person. Um, they will enter in the section of the Unified Register and indicate the criminal offense um, based on the Criminal Procedure Code of Ukraine, and I'm skipping around here, um, that Prosecutor General of Ukraine, Shokin Viktor uh, Mayolanovich, performed by citizen of United States of America, Joseph Biden, former U.S. Vice President, the court has ordered this may not be appealed. So this is what this did. This officially named Biden as uh, as the person um, who uh, who affected Viktor Shokin. But it was not an official uh, warranting or even a wanting or even an arresting of Biden in Ukraine. Uh, but uh, that is where that landed. Now, I will say this at the conclusion of that debacle, ladies and gentlemen. The mainstream, mainstream media, fake news, they lie about everything, okay? And Ukraine is corrupt, and uh, clearly something was going on here. And it has to do with the prosecutor general that came in after uh, Shokin was uh, relieved of his duties, so to speak. Um, so the other issue that was uh, 
The other question here was in regards to, and there we go. There, there is a photo of Biden and Poroshenko. Yeah, Biden and Poroshenko. Poroshenko, one of the most corrupt, but not the most corrupt presidents of uh, Ukraine, uh, who's also recently been brought in on charges of treason. Okay, shaking hands with Biden, the guy who fired Shokin, so that this way they could receive a billion dollars. The guy who looted the Ukrainian army and took off with all that money. Okay, articles about that. Look for them. Now, uh, the other the other question at hand was in regards to Hunter Biden and Biden also being indicted in regards to Burisma Holdings and uh, its uh, its um, president uh, of the company uh, Zlochevsky. Okay, uh, and so uh, did a little bit digging for that. Okay, to figure out what all was going on in that regard. Now, when we're talking about Biden and Hunter and Burisma. Um, what we see is that uh, this too, just like the, well, actually this one's a little bit worse, just like between uh, Shokin and Biden, where Biden is named, but the investigation never occurs, nothing never ha- nothing ever happens, uh, we had Zero Hedge and The Federalist, actually, in the independent media, are the ones who produced these stories. And just like Just the News and OAN, you had all of the little blogs and the blogosphere of patriots and independent people just running with these headlines, okay? Uh, So Zero Hedge was actually the originator of the article that said that Hunter Biden was indicted and that uh, the former president, uh, well, actually still the current president, uh, Zlochevsky was also indicted and charged, okay, with corruption. Now, that was a hard headline from Zero Hedge. Zlochevsky and Biden charged with corruption, okay? So all of the independent patriots in the blogosphere ran with those, uh, ran with those headlines, now, here's what we found as I was uh, looking into this matter for clarification. Um, we had an article from Reuters. I know Reuters. Oh, well, here's, here's an example of what I'm talking about by the independents running out uh, and crazy with this uh, headline. Uh, this is from um, a, one of the blogospheres called, uh, what is it called? Um, Popular resistance or something. I can't read it because uh, it's, it's covered on my screen. Anyhow, uh, it says here, uh, Ukrainian MP claims. Now, this is this is a change from uh, Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge said Ukrainian MP charges. Uh, so it says claim 7.4 billion Obama linked uh, billion dollars. Obama linked money laundering puts Biden group take at 16.5 million dollars. OK, so. um here they have uh here's here's the article from Zero Hedge. A Ukrainian MP MP says a document leaked from the Ukrainian uh, Ukraine's office of the prosecutor general contains claims against Burisma owner Nikolai Zlochevsky as well as Hunter Biden and his partners who allegedly received 16.5 million dollars for their services according to Alexander Dubinsky of the ruling servant of the people P- people party. Now I'm not saying that that didn't happen but check out their updates. Uh, they said, update one, Reuters sheds um, light, additional light on the press conference, noting that the document from the prosecutor general's office was leaked and not officially released. And in update two, Dobinsky, uh, the MP says there is a signed suspicion at uh, 
mark one minute and 19 seconds in the video. This has been described in Ukrainian media as an investigative step which documents allegations against an individual or individuals similar to a criminal referral. While Dobinsky says during the press conference that Zolinsky was Zolopchetsky was charged, we have updated our headline and report accordingly. Now, grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen, absolute grain of salt, okay? Because the government of Ukraine is corrupt. And clearly so is their law enforcement, okay? But, and uh, the media, obviously, propaganda machine, they want to cover for this. <coughs> Excuse me. Just a moment. <coughs> I'm about to go into a copying pit. I'm talking too much. <clears throat> but anyhow, uh, so it could be very well that uh, perhaps they did charge uh, Zolfsetsky, uh with corruption, Perhaps Biden's name, Hunter Biden's name, was included in that charge, uh, and uh, and and perhaps the uh, media in Ukraine is saying, "Oh, that's not what this is," because they're speaking for the propaganda creators that are the controllers of the media. Very possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's something I would definitely consider. Uh, so it's not to discount the uh, the uh, the um, articles that were provided to us. But at the same time, this is what is being reported. So uh, that would totally... And you know the fact checkers had a field day with this. No, they're wrong. No, this didn't happen, etc., etc., etc. So this was the article from uh, Reuters that uh, this spurned... This is where Zero Hedge got their information from. Somehow it turned into... It was a charge. It was an indictment. When in fact, according to them... It was just an expansion of the investigation. Ukraine widens probe against Burisma founder to embezzlement of state funds. Ukraine has widened its investigation into the founder of energy company Burisma to include suspicion of embezzling state funds. Prosecutor General Ruslin Ryabov-Pashapska said on Wednesday. Okay, allegations of wrongdoing at Burisma go to the heart of U.S. impeachment, and it just goes into the it goes into the entire Trump thing and etc. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go through that, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, what I will say in this regard, guys, is uh, it re- we really can highlight the corruption that was happening and is still happening in Ukraine at this time. Um, well, you know, Zelensky has been anti-corruption. So maybe up until that point, but even still then, I'm still parsing through information in that regard. I am not ashamed to admit that I am learning as I grow, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and and trying to piece these things together. So what we see here is that this was just a leaked document about a further investigation, but did anything come of that investigation, I think, would be the nice bookend to this portion of tonight's show, okay? We want to know, did anything happen or what happened? Do we know? Do y'all know? Well, we're about, to, we're about to find out. I'm about to share that with y'all. So, why this happened, guys? Basically, what happened is an investigation was opened and it was dropped, okay? Shokin's out. Uh, the, the new prosecu- prosecutor general is in, but uh, the investigation is entirely dropped. The question is, why? Was it dropped because in their investigation, they found that Shokin 
like genuinely had no involvement with stealing uh, any of the money or any of the energy or any of the uh, any of the prospects that should belong to the people of the Ukraine? Was it because they found that he was truly innocent of any corruption charges or 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 um, uh, theories that were brought against him? Or is it because corruption reigns in Ukraine and money talks? And, well, you know, the perps, they walk, right? So uh, let's bring up another article here. Uh, This article is from The Guardian, okay? Now, The Guardian out of the UK, as it turns out, this investigation opens up into Zolovchetsky, the founder, owner of Burisma. Corruption, stealing money. They've got a lot of allegations against the man, all right? And not to mention Hunter Biden is tied up in all of this. So what ends up happening is the United Kingdom's Office of Serious Fraud, or the SFO, Serious Fraud Office, they, they're the ones doing this investigation. And in their findings, they have decided to put a freeze on $23 million of Zlochevsky's money that is in a bank in London. Okay, so they put a freeze on it. And that is where this story will pick up. And this is a very interesting story, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and uh, it's a very long article, but we're not reading all of it. Don't worry, because <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty lengthy. It's very thorough, and I don't mean uh, I don't mean like the philosopher. Uh, let me see here. We're going to pick up at uh, UK serious fraud. Let me find that graph for you. Uh, Yanukovych, that was the name of the president before Porchenko, the one who was ousted in the 2014 Western-backed coup. That's the globalist-backed coup. And uh, they installed Porchenko, the following corrupt president. Okay. And uh, I told you it was a long article. Let me get to the, let me get to where I need to get to real quick. <laughs> Man, this is a long article. Okay, found it. All right, here we go, guys. So this is what The Guardian shared about the United Kingdom's investigation into Burisma Holdings, Hunter Biden, stolen money, all that stuff. Check it out. So Ukraine was at the time in a state of turmoil. Russia had annexed the peninsula of Crimea. This is also, it was a referendum. It was not an annexation or an invasion the people of you see what I'm telling you how they report this stuff. The people of Crimea had a referendum almost unanimously. The people of Crimea voted to leave Ukraine and go back to their home, Russia. Okay, this is total misinformation, disinformation right here, guys. And it's really what is and the lack of memory on this is what's fueling uh, um, the fight or the the war drums that are beating right now between Ukraine and Russia. Anyways, so uh, Russia had a referendum. No, just kidding. Russia had annexed the peninsula of Crimea and was aiding pro-Russian rebels in Ukraine's eastern provinces. Okay, maybe the people in uh, those eastern provinces feel the way that the people of Crimea feel. Okay, anyways, Kiev had lost control of Donetsk and Luhansk two of the country's most important cities and protesters barricades still dominated the center of the capital. The country needed a new president and that may elected a magnate uh, named Petro Poroshenko. 
Although he had served as a minister under Yunukovych and was himself a billionaire, Poroshenko pledged to sell his confectionery business to govern only in the interest of the people. He was a cake maker, a confectionery business. He's a billionaire off of that. Anyways, just hold on to that thought. Uh, to govern only in the interest of the people, to prosecute the corrupt former insiders, and to bring an end to the old way of doing things, including in the prosecutor's office. For too long, prosecutors had been acting essentially as gangsters in uniform rather than investigating crimes. Considering how central prosecutors had been to Yanukovych's corrupt regime, there were significant doubts over both the honesty and competence of Ukraine's lawmen. But Casco, and Casco is the name of the head investigator out of the United Kingdom, Casco was hopeful that his colleagues in the Ukraine would see the importance of regaining $23 million and thus do all they could to help the um, office of a, uh, of a serious fraud, the SFO. He told me that he translated the British request, sent it to his boss, and awaited results. The investigation began, but no matter how much we pushed the investigators, it was not effective, Casco told me. Even when Zlokevsky's lawyers announced they would contest the freezing of the $23 million in a London court, the Ukrainian prosecutors still failed to send the SFO the evidence it needed to maintain the freezing order. First the British wrote to me, then the Americans, with questions about what was happening with the investigation, Casco remembered. It was hardly the mutual trust and cooperation supposedly created by the London summit. U.S. and British diplomats were begging Ukraine to investigate a case which, if it were successful, would benefit Ukraine. And yet nothing appeared to be happening. Eventually, six months after Gould first wrote to him, Casco stepped decisively outside his area of responsibility and wrote to his boss in the prosecutor's office to demand action. I said I wanted this to be investigated properly, that the Brits be told about it and they get what they wanted, recalled Casco. He said, if you want, go on with it. It was hardly the most enthusiastic of endorsements, but it was enough for Casco. He forced investigators to work evenings and weekends. They put together a dossier of evidence that Casco felt supported the SFO's argument that the defendant's assets were the product of criminal wrongdoing when he held public office, sent it to the SFO, and announced officially that Zoklesky was suspected of a criminal offense in Ukraine. It was only thanks to Casco that the SFO had received any useful documents from Ukraine at all. I asked the Brits, what else do we need to do, Casco remembered, and they said, that's fine. That's more than enough to defend the freezing order in court. Their confidence was misplaced. In January 2015, Mr. Justice Nicholas Blake, sitting in the Old Bailey, rejected the SFO's argument. The case remains a matter of conjecture and suspicion, he wrote in his judgment. To confiscate assets, prosecutors have to prove that the frozen money related to a specific crime and, he ruled, the SFO had totally failed to do so. It was a humiliating reverse for British law enforcement and for Gould, the lead investigator, who then moved to another agency. 
Gould told me in July 2015 that he was personally disappointed, but declined to comment further. The judge unfroze the $23 million and handed it back to Zlochevsky. The British government had made a big announcement of the original decision to seize the funds, but it did not publicize this reversal. It is not hard to understand why. It was, after all, an embarrassing setback for the UK, which had held up this particular case as a sign of its commitment to confiscate money belonging to Yanukovych's allies and return it to the people of Ukraine. When I contacted the SFO in May 2015, a spokeswoman told me, we are, dis uh, we are disappointed we were not provided with the evidence by authorities in the Ukraine necessary to keep this restraint order in place, but declined to comment further because she said the investigation was ongoing. In January of this year, I contacted Dominique Grieve, who had made the dramatic announcement of the asset freezing. He is still an MP, but no longer in the government. He told me he had no recollection of the case. Zolchevsky's lawyers at Peters and Peters told me that the judge had ruled unequivocally that there was not reasonable grounds to allege that our client had benefited from any criminal conduct. Burisma's lawyers have since repeatedly referred to the ruling as evidence of their client's vindication, which calls into question the decision of the UK government to use this particular case as an example of its determination to recover assets and return them to Ukraine, when it had been, when it had been unable to prove that there were sufficient grounds to keep the $23 million frozen. When Casco re read the judge's ruling, he had questions, but of a rather different nature. At the hearing, the tycoon's lawyers had not just attacked the case against their client, but also produced evidence of his innocence, evidence that came from the unlikeliest of sources. Justice Blake's 21-page judgment made reference half a dozen times to a letter dated 2 December 2014 signed by someone in the Ukrainian prosecutor's office, which stated baldly that Shosletsky was not suspected of any crime. That's the mouth drop moment, ladies and gentlemen. Casco felt this was bizarre. Everyone in a senior position at the prosecutor's office must have known he was leading a frenzied investigation into Zoshletsky at that precise time. So how could anyone have signed off on a letter saying that no investigation was going on? The letter appeared to be crucial to the judge's ruling, which stated that Zoshletsky was never named as a suspect for embezzlement or indeed any other offense, let alone one related to the exercise of improper influence in the grant of exploration and production licenses. As Casco saw it, his colleagues had failed to help him when he begged them to investigate Shosletsky. Now that is quite a chapter in the Book of Corruption of Ukraine, so keep in mind, the office of the inspector themselves, the prosecutors themselves in Ukraine, told the judge that Zolseski was not under any type of investigation. 
And this is after Shokin, who is actively investigating him, but was fired at the behest of a bribe of blackmail by then Vice President Joe Biden was off the case. And he had been, in fact, investigating Sholshevsky. So this sounds like something very, very crooked here, doesn't it? Well, The Guardian does not offer any answers to why the prosecutor's office in Ukraine decided to uh, alleviate Zolchevsky of any type of, um, uh, of wrongdoing or, or, or uh, any uh, suspect of his criminal mischief. However, something did come forward a little bit after that. And uh, this actually came forward from... Uh, Let's see here. Well, we'll just pull it up for you guys. Now, this is a report by the United States Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. Title of the report, Hunter Biden, Burisma and Corruption, the Impact on U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns. Now, this report by the U.S. Senate spells out everything that was going on with Hunter Biden and with Burisma and with uh, Joe Biden claiming he didn't know anything about it. Now, you guys probably clearly remember Joe Biden saying on television and to the press that he had no knowledge of his son's business doings. But if we had referenced this report that came out in like 2000, uh, when did this come out? 2015 or 16, I think. Uh, it, it clearly states that Biden had some sort of knowledge. Anyone, anyone could have referenced this. But while we're not going to go, we're not going to talk Burisma tonight, guys. But while we're we're talking about this evidence of uh, of the corruption in Ukraine, this report actually talks about or references a possible allegation of a seven million dollar bribe paid to the inspector or the uh, prosecutor general's office so that they could drop the case. And that basically, ladies and gentlemen, sums up for the investigators in the serious, uh, serious fraud office in the United Kingdom, why all of a sudden, even though they knew there was an investigation going on into Zolchetsky, that they said there was none. So uh, let's, let's go over this document real quick, guys. From the report, it states, allegations... Uh, Allegations that Joseleski bribed Ukraine's prosecutor general's office. In January 2015, Kent arrived in Kiev and learned that the U.S. embassy was not communicating with the Ukraine's prosecutor general's office. Shortly after his arrival, Kent asked a Department of Justice official posted at U.S. Embassy Kiev to set up a high-level meeting with the PGO. According to Kent, the goal of this meeting was for U.S. officials to raise the money laundering case against Burisma's owner, Zolchevsky. Uh, Kent secured a February 3, 2015 uh, appointment with the first deputy prosecutor general, who was the number two prosecutor in the country at the time, Anatolia Danielenko. Kent testified that during the February 3, 2015 meeting with the PGO, he confronted the first deputy prosecutor general, Anatolia, Anatoly Donielenko, demanding to know who had paid the bribe and how much it was. I also demanded that the case against Zolchevsky be resumed. During testimony, Kent provided the committee's additional insight into what occurred during the February 3, 
2015 meeting at the PGO. He said, when I ask the question to Danielenko, how much was Zolzlechski bribe and who took it? Danielenko laughed and said, that's exactly what President Poroshenko asked us last week. And I, Kent said, so what did you tell President Poroshenko? And Danielenko said, $7 million and last May 2014, before we came into office. Kent apparently did not believe that Zolchevsky's bribe occurred in May 2014. He responded to Mr. Danielenko. Nice try, but the letter that someone, some prosecutor in your office, the PGO, wrote was signed in late December 2014, six months after you all, Yarema's team, came into office. Now, Yarema is the prosecutor that replaced Shokin, okay? On February 10th, 2015, one week after Kent's conversation with the PGO, President Poroshenko dismissed General Prosecutor Yarema and other members of his team. George Kent reporting of the Zolchevsky bribe allegations to U.S. officials. Kent told the committees that after the meeting with Danielenko, the DOJ official at U.S. Embassy Kiev reported the allegation that Zolchevsky paid the PGO a $7 million bribe to the FBI. At this time, the committees are seeking an examination from the FBI about what, if any, actions they took after receiving this information from U.S. Embassy Kiev. Kent testified that it was not until sometime after February 3rd, 2015, meeting with the PGO, that he became aware that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. After Kent learned of the alleged Zolchevsky bribe, he became aware of Hunter Biden's connection to Burisma. Soon after, Kent spoke with Vice President Biden's office about his concerns. This conversation occurred sometime between February 3rd and, 4, and February 14th, 2015, when Kent ended up on a phone call with a staffer from uh, Vice President Biden's office. Okay, so there's that. So that would be the answer to uh, the Guardian's question about uh, why the PGO or the Office of the uh, Prosecutor General in Ukraine dropped the case and did not acknowledge any wrongdoing by Zovchleski. Pardon me. Uh, but with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I would also say that someone could say, well, you know, they suspected it, that there was a bribe, you know, and uh, maybe this uh, Kent uh, guy can narrow down on the fact that uh, it, it, it happened sometime in December and that $7 million is somewhere on the line, but it does not prove that this occurred. To them, I would say, well, you know, that's kind of true. Uh, they don't have the hard trail paper receipts, the money wiring, et cetera, whatever, to from and to from, et cetera. But uh, there happened to be another case in the Ukraine where a $5 million bribe was discovered. It did happen, and it's being reported on. But apparently, along with this bribe, there was no link committed to the Biden crime family. So uh, as evidence of the fact that this, it did happen, there was a bribe. It might have not been the $7 million bribe that went to the PGO, but a bribe did happen. Here's this article. 
Uh, Ukraine alleges $5 million bribe over Burisma. No Biden link. It goes on. Ukrainian officials on Saturday said they were offered $5 million in bribes to end a probe into energy company Burisma founder, but said there was no connection to former uh, board member Hunter Biden, whose father is running for the U.S. presidency. So this bribe did not go to the PGO. And clearly, the prosecutor general's office in Ukraine accepted the bribe and dropped the case. Whereas we had um, we had officials from Ukraine saying that they were offered the bribe. So not not uh, not people who are involved in law enforcement, but maybe uh, some other people who could back that up. Right. The Ukrainian company was thrust into the global spotlight last year. And, you know, it seems like they just have the exact same paragraphs once they get past that first main paragraph. It says here, Artem Sintik, head of Ukraine's National Anti-Corruption Bureau, NABU, NABU, said three people had been detained, including one current and former tax official over the bribe offer. The money was the largest cash bribe ever seized in the country, NABU said. It was put on display during a press briefing brought by masked men in see-through plastic bags. Verisma said in a statement it had nothing to do with the matter. It did not respond to a request for comment from the company's founder, Mykola Zolfczewski, a former ecology minister now living abroad. Uh, let's put an end to this once and for all. Biden Jr. and Biden Sr. Sr. do not appear in this particular proceeding. Nazar Kolodinsky, head of anti-corruption investigations at the prosecution service, told Saturday's briefing. The bribe related to a case of embezzlement. Again, we know this case involving uh, Hunter Biden, Burisma, and Zolchetsky and money laundering. Um, so it says here, some $5 million was offered to anti-corruption officials and a further $1 million was intended for an official acting uh, as a middleman, Sintik said. The suspects were in a hurry to pay the bribe because they wanted to end the case against Zolchetsky in time for his birthday on Sunday to close the criminal proceedings and ensure the return of Mr. Solchetsky to Ukraine. The country's former prosecutor general told Reuters in June that an audit he commissioned while in office of thousands of old case files had found no evidence of wrongdoing by Hunter Biden while he worked for Burisma. Hunter Biden joined Burisma in 2014, and we know the story there. Of course, the story with Biden has nothing to do with uh, corruption and stealing money, but it has to do with buying influence and power uh, for Ukraine uh, as his father was vice president. And then, of course, that tumbled over into the projected sin on President Trump of a quid pro quo or a bribe or blackmail or influence against the Biden junta at the time. So, uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the case, and that is where that all ended up. It ended up basically in a whole pool of uh, nothing. It was a big old nothing burger uh, because they, uh, ladies and gentlemen, they did not do anything about it. And, um, you know, uh, Shokin never saw justice, nor did the people of Ukraine in regards to um, Zlovchesky stealing all of that money, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's see where that puts us for tonight, guys. We're already at the two-hour mark. Okay. Hmm. 
we got to get this in. Okay, guys, we're going to go into overtime tonight, as I stated before. So in the spirit of talking about the Biden crime family and everything that they've done, uh, we're going to share this uh, story with you guys again as well. Well, not again. Um, and uh, actually, let me acknowledge uh, Let me acknowledge what's going on here. The Deplora Laura, thanks for joining us over at Twitch. Good to have you. Vinny1765, thank you for gifting the phone, friend. I appreciate your donation uh, coming this way. If I've missed anyone else, Sonia, uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Uh, thank you guys again. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, so we're going to move on from the U Ukraine co co corruption and the ties of uh, Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family over to China. Okay. Now on record, they have Hunter Biden and his uh, sphere of influence spreading into Ukraine, China, and into Russia. We're not going to touch on Russia tonight, but we are going to touch on to China. Now, like I said earlier, um, all of this information is out there, guys. This is nothing new. It's, it's, it's been covered, not at large, but at minimal, in, um, in the news cycle. Uh, it's been covered by the independents and the patriots out there. But ladies and gentlemen, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news legacy, Mockingbird Media has refused to cover it. In fact, in regards to Ukraine, uh, all of that was censored and highly blackballed by the mainstream media. We even had, uh, in regards to uh, Hunter and his um, addiction problems, uh, being totally um, swapped over by, uh, by uh, the mainstream news and, uh, and the United States government at large that works in tandem with uh, this junta that is the Biden administration. And then, uh, you know, uh, totally censoring, you know, agencies like the New York Post. You guys probably remember that. Um, so uh, the news about the Biden crime family and China, ladies and gentlemen, is currently making its cycle through uh, the headlines again. It, it is again happening. It's again coming up. And like I said, uh, like, this may not be new news, but this might be news to people who did not hear it the first time around. It might be news to someone that needs to hear it or someone that could possibly do something about it. Uh, and it, it just needs to stay in cycle. We cannot memory hole or forget about any of these things or any of these crimes. And most assuredly, it may have come up again, considering there is an election cycle right around the corner. Will Joe Biden make it to that cycle of elections? I'm willing to bet not. Um, but uh, this has happened, guys. So Joe Biden in China... Hunter Biden in China. Oh, there's so much information, guys. So the re the main reason why this is coming about again is because a new book has been released and I am not plugging the book, but as the article that I will be sharing this information from uh, is coming from the book, who happens to be a writer for Breitbart. Uh, that book is Red Handed, uh, and that is uh, How American Elites get rich helping China win. So, uh, so, uh, to, to go along or in, uh, in, in, in festivities in solidarity with this information cycling again, we're going to talk about, uh, Biden's family's dealings in China. And again, it's the first time we've covered this story here at the sea report. So this is news for the broadcast and for those who may have never heard it before. Uh, so this is coming out of Breitbart for you guys tonight. 
Um, and this says bombshell Biden family scored $31 million from deals with individuals with direct ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. As if though that were not reason enough to hang them all for treason. Oh, I better not say that. They're going to soundbite it. No, they're not going to soundbite it. No one pays it. No, I'm small potatoes. Anyways. Okay. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. Let's, uh, let's share the wealth of knowledge, truth, and information to those who may not have seen it before. The Biden family scored $31 million from five deals in China, all with individuals with direct ties to the Chinese spy apparatus, according to a bombshell new book. Multiple financiers with direct ties to Chinese intelligence partnered with Hunter Biden during and after his father's time as vice president including the former head of the Ministry of State Security and the head of foreign intelligence recruitment. And some of those relationships remain intact, according to Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Uh, and that is, is, of course, by uh, Breitbart News senior contributor Peter Schweizer. And there's a cover of the book. Who's pictured here? Musk, Pelosi. Oh, man, uh, all of them are here. Yeah. Uh, who's this guy? Gates. Uh, 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 trying to think of this man's name. Brzezinski. The big new Brzezinski, that is. Okay, anyways. Schweitzer explains that Beijing saw a financial relationship with the Bidens as an opening for elite capture, which allowed Hunter Biden to secure meetings and score major deals with people in the highest levels of Chinese financial institutions and the Chinese Communist Party. And in return, they would be able to leverage the Biden's power for their interests. One of the central early players in the Biden's Chinese deals is a tycoon by the name of Che Feng, or the super chairman, as Hunter and his partners referred to him. Che the, son, che, the son of a PLA soldier, has been described in Western media as a shadowy and discreet investor whose father-in-law was the governor of the People's Bank of China and whose business partner was the vice minister of state security and a man by the name of Ma Jian. Schweizer writes that Ma was reportedly the director of the ministry's number eight bureau overseeing North American operations targeting foreigners with its counterintelligence apparatus. The hazard of a Chinese businessman with close ties to the top ranks of Beijing spy agency conducting financial transactions with the son of the U.S. vice president cannot be overstated. How this did not set off national security or ethics alarm bells in Washington is a wonder in itself, says Schweitzer. The super chairman was meant to fuse Chinese financial might to those with access to the highest levels of power in the Western world, which led to the creation of Bohai Harvest, RST, BHR, funded by China's biggest government-backed financial institutions, which the Biden scion and his American partners with them. Another partner the Bidens were introduced to via the super chairman is Zhao Zuxian, aka Henry Zhao, who formed Harvest Fund Management. Zhao was the chairman and Chinese Communist Party general secretary at the firm. Zhao had another company called Harvest Global Investments, which he co-founded with Jia Liqing, the daughter-in-law of a member of the Politburo, Politburo Standing Committee at the time. 
Jia Chunwang, Li Qing's father, is the former Minister of State Security in charge of secret service, espionage, and domestic and overseas intelligence work. That firm, Harvest Global Investments, wired $5 million to another Hunter Biden business called Burnham. There is no one more powerful in the world of Chinese intelligence, Schweitzer writes. The seductive and lucrative deal that Hunter was now putting into place, creating BHR, involved two financiers with ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, a billion-dollar private equity deal that we first exposed in secret empires. What we now know are the roles played by the spy-connected super chairman and Zhao. According to Michael Lin, another Chinese partner, Hunter's role in the venture was pretty straightforward. Open as many doors as possible in the Western world for this very famous Bohai professional team. There was also the expectation that Hunter and his partners would join some of the meetings in Hong Kong and China uh, they arrange when communicating with possible financial partners. The super chairman and Ma Jian were eventually arrested and charged with money laundering and bribery, taking them out of the deal with Biden. However, the connections Biden Hunter, however, the connections Hunter had made through them were already established, and Zhao would serve as a conduit for more deals ahead. Eventually, BHR began buying or investing in companies in China and the U.S. with strategic importance. For instance, Schweizer reports that one of their early investments was in China General Nuclear Power Corporation with Hunter's firm as an anchor investor. The FBI ultimately busted CGN as a conduit for nuclear espionage in the West, with CGN and CGN Engineer being charged by the Obama DOJ with stealing nuclear secrets in 2016. BHR also bought an American company called Hennage's Automotive, which created anti-vibration technologies with both military and civilian applications. BHR partnered with the Aviation Industry Corporation of China to close the deal, one of China's largest military contractors and a major culprit in the theft of U.S. defense technology. Between the BHR deal and the $5 million wired by Harvest, Hunter received some $25 million from Chinese businessmen tied to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, Schweitzer writes. Eventually, Hunter would be introduced to CEFC, China Energy Chairman Ye Jianming, uh, Jianming, pardon me, with whom he would develop a close working relationship and would speak, according to Hunter, on a regular basis. Hunter served as Ye's personal counsel and also worked with him to broaden CEFC as a global energy company with holdings in Oman, Romania, Colombia, and Luxembourg. However, Ye also had close Chinese intelligence intelligence ties, CEFC was housed in a complex in Shanghai's French concession section, an area primarily controlled by China's military. One of Ye's early business partners was the granddaughter of one of the founders of China's military, Marshal Ye Zhengying. The corporate logo of the company Hunter Biden was now advising and which would pay him millions features a star. According to company records on its English website, it represents civil rights. 
However, on the company's Chinese language site, the star signifies that this organization will play a strong and powerful role for the interests of the Chinese state and nation, Schweitzer writes. CEFC was also a direct beneficiary to the Chinese military as the company played a central role in China's Belt and Road Initiative and was an oil supplier to the People's Liberation Army. Hunter would set up two entities with Yi, Hudson West 4, and Sinohawk to allow the chairman to invest in U.S. infrastructure. In total, the Biden family received some $6 million from Yi's companies. Uh-huh. So uh, that's pretty interesting, guys. Now, the rest of this article goes in to talk about how um, some of this money was reportedly going to the big guy. And I'm sure you all remember the reference of the big guy as, uh, the scandal with, uh, uh, the laptop from hell broke out and all of this information and the emails came out about Hunter Biden between he and his, uh, his partners over at Rosemont Seneca. And, uh, we actually covered on the Sea Report a long, many a moon ago, uh, how, uh, Rosemont Seneca in their emails also talked about how they were handling the money for the Biden family. And they were like, well, Hunter would write to his friend at, uh, Rosemont Seneca, hey, you need to release some funds, send it to Jim or send it to Joe and, and stuff like that. So, and they talked about their expenses and that's what the rest of this article talks about. Um, so, uh, most pointedly here, this book that is a total expose on the Hunter, uh, the Biden crime family and their ties to communist China is really focusing on the uh, how interwoven uh, um, such high level American representatives are as uh, Hunter Biden is referred to as a, a secret service protectee, right? Um, how closely they are tied to the Communist Party of China and those who are involved in their spying, their espionage, their military and very high levels of state. Uh, why would American interests be doing business with communists in that way? So that's major props. I mean, who am I to, to, to declare props to uh, Mr. Schweizer? But I would say to the benefit of this nation, major props. Um, now, in uh, the um, in the uh, report that we were reading at earlier, the uh, U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, the one that was addressing Hunter Biden, Burisma, and corruption, as I now have on the screen for you guys here. Now, this report was all about the relationship between Hunter Biden, Burisma, and how awkward his presence on the board made it for people in the United States to do any type of ruling, governing, sanctioning, or investigating into Burisma, okay? That's what this was about. However, there is a section in this report that talks about Hunter Biden's business dealings with Russia and with China. And for the sake of piggybacking on the top of Schweizer's work, and his exposure into the ties between American high officials and the Communist Party, we're going to go ahead and look at this as a boon to how the Biden crime family benefited from their ties to Communist China. Because let us not, uh, let us not mistake for a fact Hunter Biden's involvement with all of these uh, countries 
deals directly with the leverage that his father as vice president of this country gave to him and his family. And that is why they wanted to do deals with him, period. Do you think they would have had Hunter Biden on their board or working with their businesses if his father were not the vice president? You know, if he was just some low level senator or what have you, I think I passed it up. Yeah, this section here, Hunter Biden and his family's financial transactions with Ukraine, Russia, Kazakh, and Chinese nationals. Yeah, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. I apologize. I need to I need to pronounce that correctly. Kazakhstan. Uh, and again, we saw that guy. Remember, the head of the national security, Mas Masimov, getting arrested. Karima Masimov on treason. Treason, I tell you. Okay, let's see here. Let me uh, pull up this section here on China. Don't tell me it's not highlighted. It had better be. Doo -doo -doo -doo. A very interesting document, this one that the Senate produced, talking about the corruption, also highlighting um, how uh, stories would be leaked and uh, how uh, yarns were spun that uh, told lies by the media to the people and also to their benefit. Oh yeah, I'm on the right path, okay. Here we go, China, ladies and gentlemen, China. Okay, so uh, let's see, this article states, um, Hunter Biden has extensive, well, it's not an article, this report from the United States Senate states, uh, Hunter Biden ha has extensive financial connections to the Chinese government. Hunter Biden uh, has extensive connections to Chinese uh, businesses and Chinese foreign nationals that are linked to the communist government. Those contacts bore financial fruit when his father was vice president and after he left office. For example, in June 2009, Hunter Biden had co-founded Rosemont Seneca Partners uh, with uh, Archer and Hines. During 2010 through 2011, as a representative of Rosemont Seneca, Hunter Biden networked with representatives from Chinese state-owned enterprises and representatives of the Boston-based Thornton Group, which today describes itself as a cross-border capital intermediary. On its current website, Thornton Group includes among its alliances and clients a variety of Chinese state-owned enterprises, including actors like uh, like uh, linked to Yi Jianming and his associates. Yi Jianming is a Chinese businessman and a frequent figure in Hunter Biden's financial dealings in China. Based on public reports that were available in 2015 when his contact, when his contact with Biden began to ramp up, Yi was founder of CEFC China Energy Company Limited, CEFC, and served as chairman of the board for its subsidiary, the China Energy Fund Committee. CEFC had a reported income estimated at $33.4 billion, according to 2013 figures that were available at the time. Although CEFC reportedly remained a private company until state-owned enterprises assumed control of it in 2018, reporting in 2017 indicated that it received financing from the China Development Bank, hired a number of former top officials from state-owned energy companies, and had layers of Communist Party committees across its subsidiaries more than at any more than at many private Chinese companies. We'll skip down here. Next it says 
In 2012, Archer and Biden reportedly spoke with Jonathan Lee of the Chinese private equity fund Bohai Capital about the possibility of forming a company. Bohai Harvest RST Shanghai Equity Investment Fund Management Company BHR that would invest Chinese capital in companies outside of China. BHR was eventually formed as an investment fund and is reportedly controlled and funded primarily by large Chinese government-owned shareholders, and is 80% controlled by Chinese entities. Okay, so there you go with that. Uh, it says the list of entities include the government's Postal Savings Bank, with which Hunter Biden had networked in 2011, its main development bank, as well as the Bank of China. In September 2014, BHR had become a private equity shareholder in Sinopec Chemical Commercial Holding Company Limited, a subsidi subsidiary of Sinopec. Sinopec is reportedly the second largest oil and gas company in China and the largest refiner of oil in Asia. In 2016, Ye announced at a board meeting that he wanted CEFC to become a second Sinopec. By acquiring global assets and consolidating teapot independent refineries, Hunter Biden's position of influence and connections to Chinese business interests, which were further strengthened while his father was vice president, most likely appealed to Yi, a man who the New York Times,、uh, who the New York Times has since described as wanting access to the corridors of power in Washington. BHR's extensive connection to Chinese government intertwined its existence with the decision-making of Communist Party rulers. For example, the China Development Bank (CDB) is one member of a consortium that controls 30% of BHR. Hunter Biden's business associates in China were not limited to investment funds like BHR, and those additional connections created questionable associations with communist government elements. For example, in 2015, while his father was vice president, Hunter Biden reportedly met with an aide to Yi. In addition to the communist government, Yi also had reported connections and affiliations to the People's Liberation Army. For example, from 2003 to 2005. Yi reportedly served as deputy secretary secretary general of the China Association for International Friendly Contacts, how Aurelian, which is the public name for the PLA General Pol Political Department's International Liaison Department. Additionally, in 2014, under Yi's leadership, CE Fund had organized had co-organized events with the China Huayi、uh, Broadcasting Corporation. A company incorporated by the PLA General Political Department. Hunter Biden's connection with Yi continued into the summer of 2017, when he met with Yi while soliciting donations for World Food Program USA in his capacity as a member of its board of directors. At the time, Yi continued to operate the CE Fund, which has since been found to have engaged in criminal activities. During their interactions in 2017, Hunter Biden reportedly agreed to assist Yi by using his contacts to help Yi locate potential investments for CEF in the United States. In keeping with that agreement, after meeting Yi, Hunter Biden stated that he began working on a deal for Yi that involved a $40 million investment in natural gas project on Monkey Island in Louisiana that reportedly fell through the following year. 
Around the same time that Hunter Biden began this work, Yi raised concerns with Hunter Biden that one of his associates, Patrick Ho, was under investigation by U.S. law enforcement. Hunter Biden subsequently agreed to represent Ho. On How fitting, right? On September 8th, 2017, a $9.1 billion deal was announced whereby Yee's company, CEFC, would acquire a stake in the state-owned Russian energy company, Rosneft. Yee's efforts to acquire a stake in Rosneft appear fully consistent with his vision of turning CEFC into a second Sinopec with holdings across the world. Hunter Biden and his family had extensive financial connections to Yi, Jianming, Gongwen, Dong, and other Chinese nationals. On the same day that the impending Rosneft deal was announced, Hunter Biden and uh, Gongwen Dong, a Chinese national who has reportedly executed transactions for limited liability companies controlled by Yi Jianming, applied to a bank and opened a line of credit under the business name Hudson West 3 LLC. Hunter Biden, James Biden, and James Biden's wife, Sarah Biden, were all authorized users of credit cards associated with the account. The Bidens subsequently used the credit cards they opened to purchase. 101,291 and 46 cents worth of extravagant items including airline tickets and multiple items at Apple Incorporated stores, pharmacies, hotels, and restaurants. And uh, no telling how much of that money went to Parmesan cheese. The cards were collateralized by transferring $99,000 from Hudson West 3 account to a separate account where the funds were held until the cards were closed. The transaction was identified for potential financial criminal activity. Hudson West 3 was incorporated on April 19, 2016, more than a year before the credit cards were issued. Hudson West 3, which is now dissolved, changed ownership at some unknown point. After the change, ownership was divided between Hunter Biden's law firm, Owasco PC, 50%, and Cold Harbor Capital LLC, 50%. Although ownership in Cold Harbor Capital is equally divided between two individuals, Mervyn Yan and Tian Zhang, it has a business address identified as the address of Gongwen Dong. On August 4th, 2017, CEFC Infrastructure Investments, LLC, a subsidiary of Yi Jianming CEFC China Energy Company that listed Gongwen Dong as its director, sent Hunter Biden's law firm, Owasco, a payment for $100,000. This transaction was identified for potential criminal act, uh, financial activity. One of the investment entities of CEFC Infrastructure Investments is reportedly Shanghai Haoxian Group, a Chinese state-owned enterprise engaged in petroleum products. That company is owned by CEFC Shanghai International Group Limited, which is controlled by Shanghai Goshuang Group, another state-owned enterprise. According to reporting, CEFC Shanghai was a CEFC subsidiary linked to the aforementioned corruption allegations involving the head of the China Development Bank, 
These examples further illustrate the deep financial connections between Biden, Owasco, and the Chinese government. On August 8, 2017, CEFC Infrastructure Investment wired $5 million to the bank account for Hudson West 3. These funds may have originated from a loan issued from the account of a company called Northern International Capital Holdings, a Hong Kong-based investment company identified at one time as a substantial shareholder in CEFC International Limited along with Yi. It is unclear whether Hunter Biden was half-owner of Hudson West 3 at the time. However, starting on August 8th, the same day the $5 million was received and continuing through September 25th, 2018, Hudson, Hudson West 3 sent frequent payments to Owasco, Hunter Biden's firm. These payments, which were described as consulting fees, reached $4,790,375.25 in just over a year. And uh, finally, ladies and gentlemen, during the same time period, there is also evidence that Hunter Biden moved large sums of money from his firm, Owasco, to James Biden's consulting firm, the Lion Hall Group. Between August 14th, 2017 and August 3rd, 2018, Owasco sent 20 wires totaling $1,398,999 to the Lion Hall Group a consulting firm that lists James Biden as his and his wife, Sarah Biden, on the bank account. This transaction was identified for potential criminal financial activity. These transfers began less than one week after CEFC Infrastructure Investments wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, and Hudson West 3 sent its first payment of $400,000 to Owasco. When the bank contacted Sarah Biden regarding the overall wire activity, she stated that the Lion Hall Group and Owasco provide international and business consulting and that the Lion Hall Group was assisting Owasco with an international client through a contract that had since terminated. Sarah Biden told the bank that she would not provide any supporting documentation and she also refused to provide additional information to more clearly explain the activity. Consequently, the bank submitted the account for foreclosure. The committees created the following chart with respect to that. So yeah, so that is basically, oh, well, this is the last of it. Hudson West 3 also sent funds directly to the Linehall Group. According to records on file with the committees, James B. Biden is the principal contact for the Linehall Group. And between January 2018 and October 2018, Hudson West 3 sent the Lion Hall Group outgoing wires totaling $76,746.15 with the memo, Office Expense and Reimbursement. These transactions illustrate a direct financial link between Hudson West 3, which was connected to CEFC, the Chinese government, and Gong Dong, and James Biden. On October 17, 2017, three days after the first transfer from Owasco to the Lion Hall Group, it was publicly announced that Yi's CEFC Energy was in talks to purchase a stake in the Russian state-owned energy company Rosnoft, which, as noted, later fell through. I nearly cringe. Okay, so, well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, we're not going to go through this, I don't think. This is a more money trend. This one is fun. Shortly thereafter, on May 4th, 2018, there were reports 
uh, that the deal with CFC to purchase stakes in Rosanoff had fallen through. The credit cards used by the Bidens for the $100,000 spending spree were closed the same month. And the last payment for the account were made on May 25th, 2018. It is not clear who made the funds transfer payments that were used to cover the charges. So goodness, ladies and gentlemen, that is a lot of ground to cover, but that is, um, that is, uh, evidence in the investigation to what ties the Biden crime family have to the communist party of China, to money laundering schemes in the Ukraine and we didn't read Kazakhstan and Russia. There's no telling what's going on there, guys. Uh, clearly, this guy's not fit to be. Our, we already knew he's not fit to be our president. I don't think I need to wax poetic over that. What do you want, President Zelensky? Uh, sorry, guys. Um, but uh, well, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to chew on. Again, like I said, this information is not is nothing new. Clearly, they had this in that Senate report. Uh, clearly they have new books coming. Clearly there were newspapers and there were other news organizations that were sharing this information. Um, but, uh, that is, they say is that ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, we're happy to share it here at the C report and, uh, share that with our audiences to get that, that information out there with everything that's happening guys, uh, between, um, you know, the elections between Durham between exposure on Biden and, and his mental capacities totally falling apart. And hopefully between what's coming out of, uh, out of this whole um, NATO um, and uh, deep state department desire to start a war. We know now, guys, Zelensky and Putin, they're going to get him in a pincer move. Hopefully that's my prayers now. I'm going to put all of my energy in that direction, guys. Uh, but clearly, it is easy to see uh, the levels of corruption that have been taking place at the hands of this man and his family. It's ridiculous, guys. And uh, one could only hope that he's there for a reason. And that's because he's an easy target. Now, someone had expressed that, uh, you know, Biden was installed to, uh, to be the fall guy. I would have to agree with that to a point. Uh, because after all, at his age and with his, uh, rap sheet of corruption and family ties to, uh, communism and, and other parties, uh, they could easily use him as a straw man, use him as the fall guy, use him as a patsy. Um, and he served his purpose in one year. He, uh, caught up the deep state on, uh, what had been, uh, their, previous 16-year plan. I mean, he took away jobs. He destroyed the economy. He killed half the world. He locked up everyone in America. He, uh, he, uh, foibled an election. Uh, he hasn't, he has not, uh, advanced that, um, total takeover of United States elections yet, but we saw what the Democrats did this last go-round with HR 5764 or 46, the NASA bill that they gutted and put the language of HR 1 and HR 4 election takeover so they could vote on it. Total deception. The likes we have never seen. They've lied. They've tricked. They fooled. They've subterfuged. But have they ever gutted an entire bill and replaced it with a totally different language that had nothing to do with the topic at hand? I don't think I've seen that in my lifetime. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for tonight's show. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight over there at uh, the Foxhole and Twitch and Clout Hub. Boy, oh boy, guys, that was a lot to chew on. And I'm glad to see that you guys are still with us. Uh, thank you all again uh, for uh, your uh, presence and for your uh, attendance. It's most appreciated, as well as the gold pills that came across uh, in support and uh, don't forget, guys, if you would like to uh, support this podcast, to support this show further and uh, and perhaps get a little podcasting in, uh, say you don't have time to have your eyes glued to a screen. Uh, we do have a podcast version of the show, and that is over at anchor.fm slash the C report. I'll put the address up on the screen for you guys. Uh, you support the podcast every time you listen to the podcast and supporting the podcast helps this broadcast. So it is most definitely appreciated. Otherwise, guys, we will be back tomorrow. We will not be talking about the Biden crime family. I am so happy to say that's why I had to get through this, guys, because I don't want to talk about them for a third day in the row. Uh, but, uh, we'll get back to other headlines and other such things. And also guys, being that we are still in, uh, inside of the month that is, uh, um, uh, human trafficking prevention and awareness month, uh, look forward to having a report this week on that topic. Where will we go next? I don't know, guys. We've talked about uh, the government's involvement via the finders and the FBI. We've talked about the government's involvement via the uh, the uh, scandal in, uh, in uh, at Boys Town, Nebraska, with uh, the Franklin cover-up. We'll figure out where we dig into it next, guys. But we will definitely be bringing you one of those shows because that is ultimately one of the most important things. It's just, guys, we can't fight human trafficking if we don't have a country. We can't fight corruption if we don't have a country. And we don't have a country if we don't have elections. The sacred representation and symbol of our freedom and our liberty is our vote. As much as it is, if not more, than our voice and our choice. Never forget that, ladies and gentlemen. Alrighty, y'all, we will see you guys next time. And as I always say, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. Have a great night. Thank you.